Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast. We're a man down. Man down. Yes, it's true. One of our faithful had a scheduling conflict and was unable to attend. Stay tuned to find out who's not here. Before that, please consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Leave reviews where you can leave reviews. Share the podcast with your friends. Get it out there, people. It's the best possible way to get the podcast out and about, known by people. You can be part of the crew. They can be part of the crew. Crew everywhere. Right. Let's get going. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Don't adjust your uh, adjust your sets. Whilst I am wearing a Cincinnati Bengals-based outfit, it is not the NFL podcast that you're tuning into uh, today. It is, of course, the football podcast. And I can understand why you might be confused from those of you from a YouTube perspective, as there are not four handsome faces on your screen, as they normally are. We are one man shy this week, as a scheduling conflict has uh, put paid to our whole-based arm of the podcast. So sadly, no Stuart Woodmansey this week, but he has sent in his predictions as a, as, as a good as a, as a good man always does. So no no uh, no Stuart for the podcast, but we do have his predictions to give. So that just leaves our Nottingham Forest arm of the podcast, Mr. Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? I'm good. Yeah. Ready to Excellent. get back to normal football. Too right. And uh, as for yet another week, it's Lincoln City's finest. Andrew Cook, how are you, sir? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive. I'm feeling that this could be the team for me. So we know what that means for the scores this week. They are almost certainly set to lose. And uh, all, of, all, of, uh, all of us on the podcast are praying it is not the second game this week that they lose because nobody needs that in their life. But we'll come to that when we get to that game. So, international break last week. Uh, and as we covered on the podcast last week, the transfer window has now closed. So there'll be no transfer updates unless one of our teams brings in a free agent at any point during the next three months. Three months. We're about three months away from the transfer window reopening again in January. So, there won't be any transfer talk unless free agents are included. So, international break. So, we only had two games to go through. Both England games. The first of which was a Euro 2024 qualifier. They were playing Ukraine, but they were actually playing the game in Poland, as obviously the ongoing conflict in Ukraine kind of scuppers any plans for any football to take place in Ukraine. So, it took place in Poland. Um, this one was a bit of a strange one in that England never really seemed to sort of get to grips with the the, the start of the game. Um, playing a couple of players who uh, either haven't, haven't had much game time for their club sides, uh, Harry Maguire being one, 
Um, and obviously there was the selection of Jordan Henderson in the squad that had caused a couple of um, some consternation and he was picked to, to start the game. Um, it was technically a bit, a bit of a mistake from both of them that led to the opening goal from Zinchenko. I believe Henderson allowed um, Zinchenko to run off, off him without tracking him. Uh, and Harry Maguire just got himself all in a bit of a tangle in the box when the ball was crossed in from the right-hand side to Zinchenko, who just arrived into the, bo- uh, arrived into the box late to uh, slam the ball home for the opener. Um, after that, it, kind of, it, was, it was one of those situations where it kind of almost like the goal kind of sparked England back into life. Um, and Kyle Walker, of all people, popped up in the box um, on the right-hand side to uh, chest the ball down and slam home the equaliser. Um uh, a couple of minutes after the uh, Ukraine goal uh, was put in. And after that, the game kind of just petered out, really. There's nothing more really to say about it. it finished 1-1, uh, leaves England in a fairly strong position uh, to qualify from the group. Um, I think that's five games down, maybe six. Uh, and they still get to lose. Uh, so very strong uh, from that perspective in for, for qualifying for the Euros. In Germany, from a predictions perspective, we'd all gone for varying degrees of England wins. I'd gone 2-0 with Kane to score both. Stu had gone 2-0 with Kane and Saka. Andy had gone 2-0 with Kane and Rashford. Matt was the only person who actually gave Ukraine a goal. But sadly, he'd gone for Yamalenko to get the to get a goal, not Zinchenko. And he'd gone for Kane, Saka and Rice goals for England. So... No points across the board there, sadly, in the first game. The second game, whilst not a competitive match from a qualification perspective, um, can't really be classed as a friendly, as it was against the old enemy, or the old enemy, if you want to spell it like uh, like the, uh, the Gaelic folk would. Uh, it was Scotland versus England in a friendly at Hamden Park, which I believe uh, was to celebrate the 150th anniversary of the Scottish FA formed. Uh, so I believe before the game, the uh, the teams came out in special one-off um, track suits that had been commissioned for, them, for the event. Um, I didn't actually see the start of the game as I was late getting the game switched on. Um, but I understand that the England national anthem was roundly booed by uh, the majority of folks in attendance at Hampden Park, which was quite nice. I saw a couple of people on Twitter had, uh, had come up with uh, all those England fans now know what it's like to have the uh, their national anthem booed, um, which was shots fired, but quite right, to be fair. Um, did, uh, did either of you see any of this game? I watched... Both games, uh, Ukraine game. I say the Ukraine game started quite well, and then England just were, were poor. They were really slow, just like, yeah. you no know, kind of zip about them. Um, but yeah, so got. I mean, I think probably got a bit more than what they deserved, to be honest. Um, the um, uh, the Scotland game. Was a bit more kind of up and at them, but like kind of obviously Premier League kind of players, so they're playing Premier League players playing Premier League football. Um, Bellingham, Bellingham looks Bellingham has been the best player in both games. Um, 
Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I must have switched off at some point because uh, I saw. I saw the first goal. First thing on goal. Or maybe I missed all the goals. But yeah, the, the Scotland game looked a bit more entertaining than the uh, definitely than the Ukrainian game. Yeah, it was it was one of those strange ones. In it almost felt like the Ukraine game was the friendly, and the Scotland game was the was the qualifier because it almost felt as if England had set up more to have the better performance in the Scotland game, which was strange. And maybe it just come about as as a as a fact that they'd, they'd been a little bit subpar in the first game, so they, they knew they had to step it up for the Scotland game. Um, I would say that Scotland probably started as the better of the two teams, had the better of it for the first sort of 10 or 15 minutes, and then England obviously came into the game and got the first goal through Phil Foden. Um, that was another one where Kyle Walker just popped up. And like he seemed, they, they, For some reason, he seems to be playing very high at the moment. So, obviously, England are playing with the, with the back four, but he seemed to be getting very, very high up the pitch. He was almost playing as a right winger at times. Uh, and obviously he was on the right-hand side. I think it was a ball across the box from Bellingham. Uh, he controlled it and played it back across the goal. Uh, and Foden just had to basically open his feet out just to tap in again. About six yards out to get the opener. The second goal was actually scored by Bellingham, but it was a defensive um, bit of a bit of a cock-up, really, from um, Andy Robertson, who was normally really, really like, sort of assured at the back, the ball was sort of pinging around the Scotland box uh, and he just went to clear it, but completely miscontrolled it or just completely lost his footing um, and basically just put it straight into Bellingham's pathman to just smash it home. Um, so it was 2-0 going into half-time. At half-time, England made a change, uh, took Mark Gay off and brought Harry Maguire on to huge... Um, negativity probably the best sort of way to uh, to class it. I believe he was booed every time he got on the ball or, I don't know, was it a case of booing or was it a case of sarcastically cheering I suppose from the Scotland perspective. But it kind of worked as um, he was, he, he unfortunately he was in the wrong place at the wrong time for the Scotland goal as uh, the ball came in from the right hand side and he just couldn't sort his feet out and it was one of those ones where it kind of just hits him Completely wrong puts the keeper because he's going, he's he's going with the sort of flight of the ball to sort of to save it that way. Uh, just completely wrong footed Ramsdale, and the ball ended up in the back of the net. Nothing that nothing that Maguire or, Hen, um, or Henderson um, Ramsdale could have done about it. Um, but it obviously gave Scotland the impetus to get back into the game, and they were probably on top on top for the next sort of five or ten minutes until England got the third. Um, and I can't remember for this one whether this was... Uh, oh, it was Bellingham again. Bellingham on the edge of the box. Uh, nice, sort of close control. Um, faded as if he was going for the shot. Opened his body up and then just slipped a lovely through ball for uh, Kane to latch onto and just poke underneath the keeper for the third and kind of kill the game off uh, as a whole there. Um, yeah, it was one of those ones where, like I say, I think Scotland had the better of the opening sort of 10 or 15 minutes but then as soon as England came into the game scored the first goal you never thought at any point they were under any 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 real sort of pressure or uh, they didn't look at any point like they were going to be losing the game certainly or uh, even even in the contention for a draw um, 
So it was it was a good performance to see. And like you said, Bellingham just looks like he's taking it to the next level. And he, just, he just looks like he's absolutely he's he's a, he's a surefire starter. Uh, it's just it's just a case of if he's going to be playing in behind the striker like he was in that game, or if he plays as part of the of the midfield trio moving forward. Yes. And I think that that's the kind of you know you don't want to be a pile on Southgate because he's not you know he's done a lot more than some managers have done, but he has got to make sure that there's a play, that there's players around Bellingham that makes him the standout player of that team. You know, it's not Harry Kane anymore. You know, it's you've got to make Jude Bellingham the absolute centre of that team and he's given the best opportunity to run the game as he did at times. Like at the, be- the beginning of the Ukraine game, I thought, well, we're going to absolutely smash these because he just started the game so quickly and then it just kind of, drifted into nothing and you're just like right okay then he looked frustrated whereas obviously with the Scotland game he got a bit more of a foothold in it and it's one of them ones where you don't want to kind of get too excited because it was Scotland and Ukraine but he is you've got that potential of him being the best player on the pitch and it don't matter who you're playing he's the best player on the pitch because currently at Real Madrid he is the best player on the pitch for them and you know, if we're not, if if England don't use him properly, then you're wasting, like, you know, top level talent. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's it's a nice dilemma to have of sorts. Like, where's his best position? But I almost think if you can sort out the midfield, you kind of just say, well, let's just we know that we're going to have Kane up front. That's, that's kind of nailed on. He's the captain, after all. He's England's top goal scorer. He's going to be playing up front for the next three or four years, at least. Um, you know that certain players are going to play. You know that Rice is basically going to be in the team as the holder midfielder. It's just whether or not he pairs him with Phillips or, dare I say, Henderson or somebody else as being that anchor. And then do you play Bellingham as the point in, in front of those two? Or do you play him as the number 10 in behind Kane? Or do you just sort of sacrifice it and just say, right, he's in the team. He's basically just got a free reign to just do whatever he needs to do. Because he's got the energy in his, he's got the energy in his game to be able to drop deep, pick the ball up on the edge of his own box and drive with it. Or he can, or he can be like afforded the chance to sort of play up with the striker almost like a second striker and sort of, you don't get the ball back to goal, turn, feed, cane the ball and things like that. So it's an interesting dilemma to have. You don't want to be that England fan of a certain age, but it's almost Gaza-esque. You just yeah. put Gaza down on the you put Gaza in the knee, uh, on the team sheet and you you know people go, Oh, let's, let's look at the lineup and you're like, it don't matter what the lineup because Gaza's gonna be Everywhere he's going to turn up at the right back at some point. He's going to be in left back. He's going to spend most of his time in midfield. He's going to be picking the ball up from the box. He's going to be carrying it forward. And you think, yeah, just you're our best player. Go and run the show, and yeah. you know, don't don't let people get in the way. Yeah, I wonder if it's almost like the, like the uh, when when Matthew Latissier was at Southampton and Alan Ball was the manager. So it could almost be a just. Whatever happens, just give the ball to him. He's your best yeah. player. He's your best chance of getting out of this mess when they were when they were close to being relegated, like three seasons on the spin. I believe it just went down to 
get the ball to Letitia, he'll make something happen. And that could be it with Bellingham. From a predictions perspective, um, myself and Matt had gone for draws. I'd gone for 2-2 with Nisbet and Adams to get the goals for Scotland. Saka and Bellingham to score for England. So no points for the result, but I do get a point for the goal scorer. Matt had gone for a 1-1 draw with McGinn for Scotland, but Kane for England, so no points for the result, but manages to get himself a point for a goal scorer. Uh, Stu had gone for a 2-1 England win. McTominay, Rashford and Naketia. So no goal scorers, but correct result. And Mr Cook had gone 2-0 England. Saka and Wilson to score for England. Again, no points for goal scorers, but a point for the result. So those of you who are playing along at home may have realised that that leaves us with two games played, a four-way tie with one point per person. So pat yourselves on the back, lads. We've all done a wonderful job this week and we've all taken a point for the overall season, as it were. So, that's the international break done and dusted. So we've got seven games to go through for week seven. Um, most of them are taking place in the league. There is an EFL trophy game to go through, which I'll have to give a little bit of breakdown into because it's it's a weird scenario where you can have a draw in that fixture, but it does then go to a penalty shootout, but doesn't really mean anything for the actual game. I'll explain when we get to it. So, before we go into week seven, though, we are going to take a small break just to recompose ourselves. You guys don't have to do anything, though. It'll just come up in your feed as if nothing ever happened. So, stay with us. We'll be right back. Recording in progress. Welcome back in. So, week seven. We start week seven with a man whose team... Well, his team's not here. Well, his team's never here because it's a team. But the man whose team it is isn't here. Which is what I was trying to say. It is Hull City versus Coventry City. And this is another one where Hull are playing on a Friday evening, but the game is not televised. Why? Because Sky have decided to put another game on the Friday schedule. I believe it is Southampton versus Leicester. And of course they've got to show that. Because it's two teams that were in the Premier League last season. And as we've discussed before, the Premier League is when football started in 1992. And that's how Sky will have that 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 mantra until the end of time. So, sadly, won't be able to watch this live. But I believe that Mr. Woodman will be live in the stadium watching it with his season ticket. Hull City versus Coventry City. Have his prediction. I will give it last as his team. I'll jump straight in here. I've gone for a 1-1 draw in this game. I've got Delap to score for Hull and Hadji Wright to get a goal for Coventry. I believe he scored his first goal against the Borough and Standard hasn't scored since. So, what time uh, somebody else's team got uh, some uh, some karma dealt its way, uh, I feel. Uh, Matt, what have you got for this one? I've also gone for a draw, but I've gone two each. Two? Goals galore. Hull goal scorers? Connolly and the lap. Yep. And Gordon and McFadden. Gordon McFadden. 
Andy? Uh, just a 1-0 to Hull for this one. Uh, I've also gone with Delap to score. Nice and simple there, Delap. Uh, Stu has also gone for a 1-1 draw. He has gone for Connolly to score for Hull and Palmer to score for Coventry. Next up, it's my boys. Their first appearance since the international break. Travelling to Blackburn to take on Blackburn Rovers. Um, obviously, it's my team, so I'll go last. I've got Stu's uh, prediction. It's nice and easy to give as he's gone for a nil-nil draw. Andy, what have you got for this one? Simple, easy, clean. Get Borough back in the points. 1-0. I've got uh, the coffee drinker himself scoring a goal. Latte. Latte, laugh. Very nice. Matthew? I've gone for a one-all draw. Similar kind of thinkings. Get it. Get, you know, hopefully the international break device to establish some stuff. Get the team sorted. Buckley for Blackburn. Fours for Borough. Buckley. Fours. Um, I have decided to adopt the approach of I'm going to be pessimistic until something actually changes at the Borough. So I've gone for a 1-0 home win with Hedges to score for Blackburn. I'm thinking the old reverse psychology approach might be the way to go. If I predict them to, win, uh, if I predict them to lose, they might actually win and I'll be disappointed because I don't get any points for my predictions, but they actually get three points instead on the board. I think they're coming off a run as well where they've like I think they've won the last four times at Blackburn or something ridiculous like that, so they do a bad one at some point. So, sod law. Third game of the week takes us to Andy's team, Lincoln City, taking on Carlisle United. Stu, for this one, has gone for a 1-0 home win with Mandriu to score. Matt, what have you got for this one? Well, obviously, I saw Carlisle play weeks ago mm-hmm. and they were not good against Port Vale <laughs> um, wow would be the kind of some of the challenges that were going in robust yes yeah the Vale have got a very tricky like number 10 and that poor lad he came off at se- on 70 minutes and I'm god knows how he lasted that long because he had lumps kicked out of him Um so I've gone for a 2-0 Lincoln win. Okay. Uh, Hackett, Fairchild and Bishop. Bishop to bash one in. I've gone for a 2-0 Lincoln City win. I've gone for A. Smith. I've put A. Smith because I've, I've taken the chance that there might be another Smith in the squad and I don't want to be taking undue points. So I've gone for A. Smith to score and Hamilton for Lincoln. But obviously, the man in the know is going to tell us what's going on right now. I can only imagine there's an echo in here. It's a 2-0 Lincoln City win. Excellent. Hackett, as he is on the website, but Hackett Fairchild and Duffy. Up the Duffy. 
stuffy. Our fourth game of the weekend, technically, not even on the weekend. This is a Monday night football fixture, so it is our first televised fixture of the week. Nottingham Forest taking on Burnley. Now, obviously, annoyingly for me, I'll be playing football uh, at 7pm. So I'll have to miss the first sort of 20, 30, 20 minutes or so of this game as I'll be travelling home. Uh, it is Mr Moore's team, so he will give his prediction last. Andy, what have you got for this one? Oh, big Forest win, 2-0. I love that that is classed as a big win. In this podcast, bro. Right. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> you know, whilst whilst Man City are churning out five ones, six nils, and things like that, not here, not on this podcast. This podcast deals in two nils as a as a drubbing. Your goal well, scorers, please. I've got to save my big goal scoring games for for, for later in the podcast. Uh, my goal scorers are a one year, and I couldn't pass up the opportunity to predict some wood. A little bit of wood for the boys. I've gone for a nice, simple 1-0 win with a one-year to score the goal. Obviously, these two played each other in the League Cup not too long ago, and uh, Burnley got the better of them. This was also at the City ground as well. Um, you'd like to think there'd be a little bit different in the teams, but I think uh, at home in the League, Forest are pretty strong. So I think a 1-0 win should be incoming. Stu disagrees. Stu's gone for a 2-2 draw with this one, so he might have taken some of the factor in for the uh, League Cup game uh, that was played a couple of weeks ago. He's gone for Yates and Gibbs-White to get the goals for Forrest. Foster and Berg score for Burnley. How does the Forest fan think this will pan out? I've got number seven changes to the Forest team. The other week, um, which would be would be my starting point. Uh, I have gone for a two-one Forest win. Um, we're going to celebrate John Joe Shelby leaving on loan off to Turkey, which I'm sure he goes most summer summers. Um, um, so I've got a one-year scoring and a langer. Yeah. And then Trezor, I think. Trezor. Trezor. Yeah. Very nice. The second slate of games takes us to midweek. Uh, and the first game as such is Sheffield Wednesday versus Middlesbrough. Back-to-back away games for my boys this week. Um, I'll just jump straight in here with Stu's prediction and I'll come to you guys for yours. Then give my last Stu's gone for a 1-0 Middlesbrough win with a latte laugh to get the goal. Matt? I have gone for a one all draw. This one? Yeah. With Barry Banan scoring and latte laugh scoring. Banan. Bonanza. Latte laugh. Uh, Andy? I have got a 2-0 borrowing. Interesting. Latte for one and fours for the other. Latte, laugh and fours. 
Sadly, I won't be in attendance for this one as it's uh, standard procedure for Borough away games, isn't it? Sold out before I even had a chance to uh, look and see if I can get to this. Um, which is annoying because this is one of the ones that's easy to get to for Sheffield, only about an hour away in the car. Um, I have gone optimistic on this one. I've gone for a 2-1 away win. I've gone for Windass to score for Sheffield Wednesday. Not quite old boy rule, but his dad did used to play for the Borough, so it kind of plays out here. And then I've gone Fours and Coburn to score for the Borough. Josh Coburn did not move on loan, so remains at the Borough. So I imagine he might see a bit more first-team action um, in the coming weeks as we lead up to January. Might get a move in January. Our second-to-last game of the week is the aforementioned EFL Trophy game between Derby County, Big Boo, and Lincoln City, big yes. So, the reason I said I need to sort of go into more details of this is, so because it's an EFL trophy game, it's classed as a group match, so all the teams have drawn into groups of four. <clears throat> I believe each team plays each other team just the once, so you only actually play three games in the group stage. But if the game finishes as a draw, it goes to penalties, and the team that wins the penalty shootout gets an extra point added to their total. So the game cancel finishes a draw. And to all intents and purposes, if it does finish as a draw, that will just go down as a draw as such. But technically, the game would then go to a penalty shootout. But for the intents and purposes of the book, we're just going to class it as a home win, a draw, or an away win. But if people were looking at the stats they would see that one of the teams has won on penalties if it went to penalties. So, it's Andy's team. He will give his prediction last. I'll jump in right here. I've gone for a 1-1 draw on this one. We've got Washington to score for Derby and Hackett Fairchild to score for Lincoln. Stu obviously hates us and has gone for a 1-0 home win, which would mean that next week, we'd have to be predicting Derby games. So let's hope that's not the case. And there's there's some form of loophole in which we can get out of having to predict Derby games by it never really happened because it's an EFL trophy game or something like that. He's gone for Waghorn in a 1-0 win. Uh, Matt, what have you got down for this one? I've also got Martin Waghorn scoring. One for Derby. But I have two for Lincoln. Cause Good lad. Just no. Uh, Mandrew. Mandrew. Or, and Bishop. Mandrew and the Bish. Um, I, from speaking to uh, Mr. Cook offline before we started recording, I believe we might be ending the week with two Tonkins. Is that correct, <clears throat> Yes, over the next two games you will need both hands to count the number of goals. Let's put it that way. Um, it's a 3-0 win to Lincoln City. Uh, Quite the tonking. Hackett Fairchild. House. And Walker, Texas Ranger. So Hackett Fairchild, House... House MD, 
and Walker, Texas Ranger. I was trying to work out if Walker had uh, a, was a double barrel turnip, but it was just you doing some clever TV T- word. TV play. puns. I like that. Gotta make I like it. Bringing it, bring it, bring it round for the kids. So our final game of the week. Oh, actually, um, I forgot to mention that I believe the Sheffield Wednesday Middlesbrough game live on Sky. And also live on Sky TV is our last game of the week, which sees Hull City, big yes, taking on Leeds United, big boo. Obviously, it's Mr. Woodbunty's team. He will go last. As he's uh, teased, goals, goals, goals. Why don't we go straight to Mr. Cook for his prediction? Thank you, I appreciate it. It's a 4-0 Hull win. Now then, I had a I had a difficult decision to make here to to really hammer hammer this part of the podcast home. I was toying with predicting a four nil Hull win and four Leeds goal scorers, but I didn't I didn't go that way. I've got Delap. Yeah, Connolly for two, please. And getting his name back into the podcast flow, Syed Manesh. Syed Manesh, a name we've not heard that often on the podcast, but a man who is coming off the back of a goal for the Iranian under-23s, I believe, this week. Apparently so. So, what better time to pick up a goal for your club side? Matt, what have you gone for for this one? I've gone for a one-all draw. Okay. Uh, Delap and Bamford. Now that would be interesting. I don't actually know if Bamford's played yet this season. Now I don't know if that's because injury, just not selected. What? Obviously we'll uh, we'll see what happens when it comes around. So I've gone for a two-two draw in this one. Uh, I've gone for Delap and Tufan to score for Hull, Piro and Somerville to score for Leeds. Now, with Tufan, I did do a check on Mr. Woodmans' behalf, and it did say that Tufan is not scheduled to be fit in time to play on Friday against Coventry. But with this game not being until next Wednesday, I think he might have enough time to be uh, fit again for that. Mr. Woodmansy has gone for a 1 2 on this one sadly so let's let's hope for his for his perspective he is incorrect as we don't want him to be in person seeing his team get beat by the dirty Leeds boys he has gone for Delap for Hull Gnonto and Piro to score for Leeds and that ladies and gentlemen is your week 7 I believe just double check is indeed week seven predictions done and dusted. So unless uh, unless you boys have got anything you'd like to bring to the party, I believe we're all done. Apart from the John Joe Shelby loan, who um, let me have a look, bring it down. Yes, I did forget, sorry, that um, obviously other 
but the country's transfer window did remain open for another week or so, so there, there was potential for movements out from English clubs, and one obviously did, did come to pass. I do apologise, we didn't cover that at the start, but yeah, John Joe Shelby was moved. Tycho Rysborg. A giant of the Turkish game, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope he fits right in uh, and uh, never has the need to, uh, you know, come back to the UK. Because crossed. Yeah, that's it. Marvellous. Well, all that's left for me to do is to say thank you to both these two gentlemen and, of course, you wonderful listening and viewing public. Obviously, without you, this show would mean next to nothing so thank you very much join us again next week where we'll uh, break it all down again um, obviously fingers crossed Mr Woodman he'll be back on the uh, on the pod to give us his in-depth in-person account of the two Hull games um, fingers crossed Borough have lost two on the spin so I don't have to join the podcast crying like a like a little bit um, but yeah fingers crossed I'll, uh, I'll I'll leave Forest alone because they've started the season quite strongly, so they're not in a position where they need points. It's fine, and obviously Lincoln are flying, so they they don't they don't need any assistance whatsoever. So yeah, thank you once again, and uh, we'll see you in about a week's time. Well, until then, see you later. So there we go. What do you think to that? Another one done. Another one gone. Stu, as always, you were missed. Thinking we can all agree. We missed you, but we did. We we did it, didn't we? We we managed to hold the fort. Yeah, hold down the fort. Yeah. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Five star, ideally. Check out the website. It's thecookiecast.com. There you can click our email button or find our social media links and get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Enjoy the games to come and uh, check back next week to see how well we predicted them. Until then, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.